Hi, this is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. I'm Dave Vanderveen. We are sitting here today in American Fork, Utah with Dr. Brett West, head of research here in, uh, in New Age, or Noni by New Age, as we're calling Noni it. Noni by New Age, yes. Yeah, that's yes. our new, new, new name. We just changed the name a couple weeks ago. Focus, focusing on Noni. Focusing on Noni, which we'll talk about today. In fact, we're going to talk about... Uh, I, I posted a live video of you, Brett, from our Laguna event that happened a couple weeks ago now. A week ago? Last like week. week ago? Yeah. Last week. Last Jeez. week, yeah. I had a very busy last week, so it feels like two weeks, but it was literally just last, last week. And you did a presentation on a number of things that we're working on here, a lot of the research uh-huh. that's been going on. But one of the areas that I think a lot of people in general are interested isn't just in the amazing products that, that we have at Noni by New Age, but particularly on CBD. And I think, one, I think people are wondering how CBD works in their body. Does it work in their body? Mm-hmm. Um, why does it seem to have this broad range of benefits and not just kind of narrow focus benefits? Um, and then when you were talking in Laguna, you were talking about how we're doing a product for Japan right now that's an ingestible that has CBD and Noni in it together and why that matters. Yeah, I did. I did cover that. And basically, um, we can get a little more into it later, later but just kind of a summary right yeah, now yeah. is that uh, there's something in the body called the endocannabinoid system, and its job is to kind of regulate the effects of other systems of the body. Right. And CBD helps with half of that system. And Noni kind of covers the other half, so you got them both working together in tandem. It's kind of like a dynamic duo, you know. It's helping with. <laughs> it's like Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's the best analogy, but it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a Batman and Batman. Yeah, Batman and Batman. <laughs> yeah, it, even like better, yeah. double Batman. Yeah. <laughs> so the so the idea is that um, these are two, and you've been studying Noni for a long time. Yeah, since 1997. Right, and you've started to discover the endocannabinoid system or its effect on the endocannabinoid system. Yeah. Long before people started talking about CBD. Yeah, back in so back in 2008, we actually published a, a scientific paper in the Journal of Ethnopharmacology describing the effect of noni juice on the endocannabinoid system. And this is this is just right after people, other scientists discovered that the endocannabinoid system was a real thing. Yeah. You know, that, when, when did when did people discover the endocannabinoid system? So back in the 1990s is when it kind of crystallized. Okay. So just to, if you don't mind, can I give a little history? I would of, love a little of, history. So I'm going to talk hemp and then cannabis sativa and then I'll transition over a little bit but but are we the, gonna talk about indica or just the sativas just the sativa right now <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll just cover the one right now the hemp plant. I may know more than I should about some yeah, of these yeah, things yeah, yeah. yeah. So we will, I see the Grateful Dead sticker <laughs> so anyhow um Sorry to digress, but back... No, that's okay. So, I, don't, I don't like marijuana. My doctor makes me smoke it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. It's an yeah. old joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, hemp, so cannabis sativa, that's the genus species, the scientific name of hemp. It actually has a long history of use, and its original use that um, from like archaeological finds, even in, in Asia and China and in the Oki Islands in Japan, they, they found out that people used this hemp plant to make fiber. Okay. Uh, and fiber for fabrics. Yeah. Rope, ropes and fabric and textiles. Sure. That was kind of the original use. In fact, um, hemp had you been used that way for centuries after Hence the that. term smoke a rope. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the fibers, you really can't get anything They're from. They're not going to get any yeah, yeah, from that from part it. of the plant. Yeah. But uh, even even here in the United States, in the early days of the American colonies, people like George Washington farmed hemp right. for textiles. So that was kind of the original A, a lot of the legalization fans 
like to reference the fact that founding fathers were all over yeah. you know, hemp, mm-hmm. which gets equated with cannabis, which yeah. I'm sure you're going to explain to us. Yeah, so, so this cannabis sativa is growing around the world, different places, and there's a, there's a kind of a, a strain or variety that sort of developed out of one spot in Central Asia. They're not sure exactly where. But it had, uh, some people used it and found that it had certain, uh, if you burned it in the fire, that it had certain um, psychoactive effects, you know, right. altering effects. That one, uh, over time, some people would kind of selectively bred that strain over time. And that's, sure. that's what eventually you came up with the modern day marijuana. Right. But originally, the hemp's weren't really that way. They, they sort of bred that. And it was high in a substance called THC. Okay. That caused that. That's the psychoactive ingredient. The psychoactive ingredient. Now, how the endocannabinoid system was discovered is scientists want to know what is in this marijuana plant, basically. What is it in there that causes this effect in people? And how does it do it? So they, they isolated these compounds, and they called them cannabinoids. Some people pronounce it cannabinoids. I say cannabinoids because it's cannabis. Sativa, yeah. But, but they, they isolated these, these phytochemicals, and uh, they gave them the name after the plant, this, the genus name, cannabis. So they called right. them cannabinoids. And uh, the THC stands for tetrahydrocannabinol. And uh, they actually then started looking at you know, animal studies and some cell studies. And they found that this substance binds a receptor on cells. And they called that the cannabinoid receptor. Okay. And um, over time, they, they first thought, okay, this is how um, this... Is how this plant has this effect on people if they smoke it and they get exposed to THC because it binds this receptor. When it, when it binds on that receptor, is it blocking other things from interacting with the receptor? Uh, it, well, anytime something blocks a receptor, it, it takes up the space of that receptor. Right. So the body, there's, there's a good question. So the <laughs> question you. was, it's a good question. The qu- so the qu- natural question is, if there's something from a plant that binds a cell in the human body, this receptor must be made for something that our own bodies make. Right. And so they started looking for what do our bodies make. They had they discovered a couple of compounds called endocannabinoid receptors. Endo right. meaning within. Right. So and cannabinoids that are made within the body, effectively. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So the cannabinoids come from the plants, cannabis sativa plant. The endocannabinoids are made within the body. And they are so when they discovered that, they said, okay, now what system does this fit into? You know, is this part of the endocrine system? Is it part of another? What, and maybe this is helpful for listeners. So when you talk about human systems, you've got mm-hmm. a number of them that we've, we're very familiar with, yes. right? The nervous system, the respiratory mm-hmm. system. Yeah, um, the endocrine system. So you have all these systems of the body that have similar or related functions, and they keep us alive, basically, right, right. keep us functioning. So the endocannabinoid system, they, they, they found these endocannabinoids, they found receptors on cells. At first they knew there was one called a cannabinoid receptor 1, CB1, right. THC binding that. Then they discovered there was another one, CB2, and uh, cannabinoid receptor 2. Then they discovered other similar receptors. Some of them they call orphan receptors because they're not sure exactly what they do yet. Okay. And, um, but they found that in the body you have something called anandamide. Your body makes an anandamide. It binds to CB1. That's what the THC is kind of mimicking, okay. except causing a real heightened response, much more than the anandamide itself would do. Okay. And then there's CB2, and our body makes something called 2-AG. It's a longer name, but I'm going to just say it's 2-AG. That's the other... 2-AG endo- is the short version of... of the other cannab- endocannabinoid yeah. that binds the CB2 receptor. And uh, anyhow, 
as they're looking at this system, um, or as they're doing this research, they realize, hey, this is a system in and of, in and of itself in the right. body. And there are enzymes that make these endocannabinoids and enzymes that break them down too. So you have the endocannabinoids, you have their receptors, and you have enzymes that make them and break them down. Right. And that's essentially the endocannabinoid system. And what it does is these endocannabinoids, another name for them are called other lipid signaling molecules. Okay. That's maybe a too technical, but the, but they basically, uh, so let's say the we're targeting the, the nervous system. Right. CB1 receptor is predominant in cells of the nervous system. So an andamide would be sent from one cell to another cell, and um, it would bind the CB1 receptor, and it would change how the nervous system responds, so modulate it. Right. You know, and... Um, so the endocannabinoid system has a direct effect on other nervous systems or modulating other nervous... Uh, other, I'm sorry, other bodily systems yes, that we yes. have. Yes, so you have the nervous system. CB2 receptor, it's, it's uh, expressed in greater numbers in the immune system. So it also impacts the immune system. You see this in the digestive tract as well, the digestive system. So all over the body, you have these endocannabinoid receptors right. in different parts of the body. That are so, dials that are effectively yeah. impacting so or you modulating know, you know, like the other. like the old radios, you know, when you yeah. kind of tune something That's a modulation. In. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's kind of think uh, of it that uh, way. Yeah. yeah. So you're kind of modulating and just getting it in tune. Yeah. And I, Dialing I, in Tokyo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> anyhow. Uh, yeah. Wait, can you, can you hold your hands up for a second? I need to get a picture of you uh, dialing in Tokyo. Okay. Really or dialing, dialing the endocannabinoid <laughs> system. That's great. Yeah. All right. Um, so, so this, so these these receptors are effectively dials on uh, modulation dials, and if you excite them, you can have heightened impact on how the body responds. Is that my summarizing? That yeah. Part? So sometimes it's a heightened response, yeah. and sometimes it's a suppressed, okay. depending on the need. You can go up or down. So, for instance, the, uh, the immune system. Let's say. It, Inflammation. There's an immune component to inflammation. Some in inflammation responses are mediated through the immune system. Right. So um, if you can have something that will interact with the CB2 receptor, maybe you can help control that to you some degree. You can dial it down dial a little bit. Dial down yeah. a little bit, you know, and, and, and the same thing with mood and so forth. So you're, you're depending, you know, sometimes you want to, you have an increased response, sometimes a suppressed response. It's That's what we're talking about when you dial it in, right? And mood is controlled by the nervous system. What controls the mood? Yeah, so that's part of it is, okay. is the nervous system and um, and and how these uh, how these neurotransmitters you know affect right uh, you know the the brain you know right. cells in the brain the neurons and so forth um, so anyhow this is the endocannabinoid system. which is why you can have a psychoactive response to for example THC yes. use because it's dialing up the, the yeah. neurons in the brain is that or blocking the neurons in it, the brain? Well, it's modulating them. Modulating. So, okay. so it gets into a lot of detail. We'll just say it helps modulate them. Okay. CBD, it's short for cannabidiol, but CBD yeah. has an effect also on mood. That's where a lot of the benefits it comes from. And like people talk about and feeling relief, whether yeah. it's anti-anxiety or they're feeling yeah. maybe they're seeing lower inflammation or yeah. less pain or they sleep better. Yeah, they're having an effect there on multiple systems of the body. So it's, it's sometimes we talk about different systems of the body like it would about a car, you know, you know, you have your braking system and your fuel and so forth and suspension and, you know, steering. Uh, but the body systems really are overlaid on top of each other. So while we call them a system, they're actually 
all interconnected anyhow. Right, so. we're, we're one body that's working yeah. together, and there's a, very, there's a lot yeah. of symbiotic relationships yeah. that happen. Yeah. Do, um, you had mentioned, we were talking yesterday a little bit about some of this, and you had mentioned that when, you know, the, one of the challenges with doing traditional drug trials with CBD or THC is that because there's, there's such a broad modulated impact from these, it's, sometimes it's hard to pinpoint Usually when you're doing a scientific trial, you're really looking for one specific cause and effect, correct? Or one uh, sort of reaction? Yeah, because there's there's many options to choose from as yeah. far as cause and effect, so you got to narrow in on one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you narrow in on multiple ones. So you'll, you'll often see with these natural products, they have more than just one effect. And the reason for that is because they will not just have... Um, an effect on one receptor, or, or if they impact only one receptor, let's say they do only bind and affect one receptor, there's going to be a, a cascade of responses throughout the body. Right. So you'll see broad range of effects. And I know in the early days, like with Noni and even, even with um, cannabidiol and other natural products, uh, sometimes people would have the opinion, those in industry, those in research, uh, it would have it was premature opinion. Now I think we've matured long enough in this research area. A lot of people understand that you can have broad range of effects. But they used to call these placebo. I mean, uh, panaceas because they said if it does too much, it doesn't do anything. You know, you can't right. do it all. Not so. And, and that's based on the, sci- the the focus of the scientific method and how we were doing research. Yeah, for if they were zeroing in too much on one benefit, right. and then if they said, well, if it if it impacts, you know, the cardiovascular system and it impacts the digestive system and so forth, and you know, then they say, well, then it doesn't really do anything. It's it's not true. But that's ignoring the things like the endocannabinoid system, where if you impact something that modulates all the other systems of the body, right. you would expect a wide range of effects. Right, and I think you know also. There weren't a lot of holistic approaches in, in science at that point, yeah. correct? So at least there wasn't a focus on that. And so the idea of a holistic approach didn't really fit in any of the models that people were using. And so calling it a panacea or not really a placebo, but effectively the same thing. Yeah. Maybe any benefit you're getting is, is purely coming from your yeah. from your, your, your yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a little ironic because in, um, so in graduate school, I was in the, the College of Pharmacy at the University of Arizona, and uh, toxicology was my emphasis. It was a pharmacology toxicology program. Toxicology was our area, my main research area. But when you look at it from a toxicity standpoint, you know, they'd say, well, this toxin could cause a broad Broad range of effects, negative sure. effects. Sure. They understood that, but when it flip it the other side of the coin, and so, so they were worried about negative, a broad range of negative side effects, yeah. but nobody really was thinking about the broad range of positive yeah, effects. Yeah. So if you can have a broad range of negative effects, then it makes sense that you could have a broad range of positive, <laughs> positive effects. Hopefully, right? Yeah. 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 Well, even with placebo, I, you know, somebody was saying, well, you know, if it's a placebo, it just happens in your head. And I said, well, you know, let's be honest here. When you actually do double-blind placebo studies. Placebos have an amazing ability uh-huh. to affect, you know, positive benefit. Yeah. We just don't know exactly how they work, right? I mean, the mind, the mind-body connection seems to be pretty yeah. powerful. So the placebo, you do have ways to control for placebo effects. Yeah. But um, and and we've done that with a lot of the trials we've done with our products. You know, sure. we, we have a placebo controlled. We see real benefits when we're looking at a mechanism of action. But having said that. If it still causes you to have a positive benefit, then it was still effective, right? Right, right. I mean, obviously... It's just maybe not as predictable. Right, exactly. When when you're doing a double-blind placebo study, typically what you're looking for is that direct function benefit reaction, right? And so that's why you're trying to remove all the other benefits that might be coming in, like, for example, the mind-body connection. Yeah. 
Um, but it never discounted. If it, it, it doesn't I mean, mean it's not working, though. It just means it's working in a way yeah, we don't the understand. The main thing is, is do you feel better? <laughs> right, that's right. what you're going for. Did it work? Whatever, yeah. I used to say, well, why don't, why don't we just sell the placebos? They're a lot cheaper, and they seem to work pretty well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but but <laughs> joking. But, um, so the, but, but I think anything that helps the, the mind participate in the healing of the body. I mean, my, my brother-in-law and my dad are both you know, physicians, went to Johns Hopkins, good physicians, and they, you know, my brother-in-law says, look, we're doctors, we don't heal anybody. We try and prepare the body to heal itself better. Yeah. And I think you know, when we're looking at nutrition or we're looking at surgery or you're looking at different health you know, options, any way that you can help the body prepare itself for, for recovery is always a better, yeah, better solution. You're just trying to set up the optimum conditions so the body can get better. Right. So what are the things that, we, I, know, I know we can't make product claims around CBD um, in, you know, right now. And that's, I think, I, I always kind of like that because, you know, when people feel the benefits for themselves, you really get the belief that you're looking for. Anyways, I, I hate over-promising on yeah. any product. What are some of the benefits that you've seen in research from CBD modulating, you know, these various systems? Well, the one thing we can say, first of all, is that CBD does interact with the endocannabinoid system, and it helps support what we call endocannabinoid tone. Right. So maybe without getting into specific, um, uh, you know, outcomes like conditions or so forth, I'll, I'll just speak more generally sure. for, for right now. Um, so... Remember these uh, endocannabinoids our bodies make? Right. So when they bind the receptors, they, they stay there. If they're, bind to the, if they're bound to those receptors and you have a high enough concentration available for those receptors, you get a response. Okay. The enzymes will go and try to break these down and tear them out, you know, and remove so, them. So you can so have... Are the enzymes kind of... Are they bad actors or are they doing a natural thing that needs to They're doing occur? a natural thing, but also, it, like anything else, if it's not the right balanced amount of activity, sure. then you're going to have suboptimal performance. So uh, some of these conditions that you know people have, issues have, they're, they're starting to say, well, maybe the endocannabinoid tone is not good enough. That's right. a term. Tone means, you know, amounts, a level, availability of these endocannabinoids. So one way that CBD acts, one major way it acts, is it inhibits an enzyme that breaks down anandamide. Uh, this enzyme is called FAH, okay. FAH, you know, fatty acid amide hydrolase, or FAH, FAAH, okay. for short. So it'll inhibit that. So then you have higher anandamide levels, higher endocannabinoid tone available. So it can bind the CB1 receptor. That's where this, you know, some so, of the, these so yeah. these mood effects come from, or things. You know, Does it turn the dial up a little bit effectively. Yeah, for that, it, it makes it allows the body to just have enough of it available of okay. these endocannabinoids. So that's how CBD one way it works. So it, it can control the activity of these enzymes that would break those down and allow the body to have a, a good, healthy endocannabinoid tone as far as anandamide goes. Right. Now, if I'll throw a little bit on Noni. How but, but can I ask you a quick question yeah. on CBD before we go there? Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about the positive benefits and the tone and, mm -hmm. and getting the balance right. Can you do too much CBD? I mean, the, I think a lot of people are confused about how much they should be taking. And, you know, 
how much they should be using. And obviously, we sell topicals at uh, uh-huh. Noni by New Age. We're selling ingestibles in markets where it's legal yeah. now in Japan. How do people know how much they should use and how much is too much or is there too much? It, well, it depends. So there's multiple ways to answer this. So topical, you can use quite a bit. Okay. You know, it's, it's, and the skin actually will respond to CBD, and you can absorb it through the skin too. There's... you know. Emerging research in that area where skin is a new area of benefit, but the endo, the endocannabinoid system is very active in the skin. Okay, very involved. So for skin health and for so you can get into your endocannabinoid system through your skin. Yeah, will it get into your bloodstream through your skin? Uh, there, yeah, there is some of this research where they're you know looking at these um, uh, pharmacokinetics. You know, how do you absorb it? How do you metabolize it? Sure. And there is some of that that does pass through the skin also into the into s- systemic circulation. A uh, number of people, when they eat it, um, you can. So we target certain amounts that you know, and a lot of that's available to people to use. There's a there's an amount that seems to be good to use. Um, these you know, like if it's a 25 milligram amount or so forth, that seems to be. A, a good starting place for people. Okay, and that, um, that has to. If they're ingesting it, it has to go through their stomach into their bloodstream. Effectively, yeah, is that right? Yeah. And does a if they take 25 milligrams of a full spectrum CBD that's high quality, how much is actually going to get into their their system? Well, that depends on the delivery system. Okay. So this is a good question. It depends on how it's delivered, whether it's you know the format it's given, because sure. it can be pretty low absorption or fairly decent amount, you know. So, um, but the dosing, what they do is is so there's been studies done. Year, decades ago, even in like Israel and Brazil, some of these places that looked at cannabidiol early on. And one interesting thing is even at these low doses, very low doses, when you're looking at 10 milligrams, 25 milligrams, um, there is a drug that has been developed from CBD, and they dose higher. You're looking at a couple hundred milligrams at least, mm-hmm. and, for, and they use that for treatment of epilepsy. Right. But, but even at these smaller doses, one thing that they saw is that, um, and they first looked at it as a negative effect. They, they found that it caused people to become drowsy and sleepy. Mm. But it didn't always happen right away. It happened after a few days of use. Mm. So these lower doses, and even if they went a little higher or a little lower, it always seemed to show up in a certain percentage of the people in these trials. And uh, so we think, you know, that even these lower doses, there's something there. Um, now, high dose, you asked a question about how much can you use. It depends on your condition. We, we put statements on there explaining that... Um, that you know, if you're under the care of a physician, you know, of basically course. using medication, it may there may it changes potentially how those drugs are metabolized. In fact, we first learned this because in these epilepsy studies that were being done by this company who's developing as an epilepsy medication, they found that they actually could reduce the amount of medication these patients were using because it was changing how it was being metabolized. Right. Too. Well, I think a lot of the legalization actually went through, like in Colorado with Charlotte's Web. Mm-hmm. Because there were kids with chronic seizures yes. that ultimately kill them, uh-huh. and if one of the only things that was working were, were the cannabinoids, and at that time there, a lot of people were using THC-bound cannabinoids because that's all that was really available. Yeah, and then and you don't want kids yeah. <laughs> walking around stoned all day, yeah. so they kind of figured out how to isolate CBD. Is yeah, that right? yeah. So that's what they did is they found these these strains of hemp, cannabis sativa, again, kind of going back to how it was originally, more with lower THC, right. more CBD in there. And they were using that to extract an oil from there in these kids. And so there, there's a, you know, a limit depending on your conditions. So it's, it's not an easy question to answer. How much is too much? Depends well, everybody's on, body's different. Everyone's yeah. a different size. But yeah. what are the ranges that, that you know, are generally prescribed? 
uh, prescription, or I mean, not, uh, not, not okay. prescribed by a doctor, yeah. but just but yeah. like what are the general amounts? Like, what's generally regarded so as I've, safe? So I've yeah. heard. So I've I've listened to other people. So there's uh, some naturopath who use them, or other doctors, or other health professionals sure. who have meetings, and they've some have used you know recommended five milligram amounts, starting with that and seeing how you do, and then going up from there, you know, to twenty five to fifty, and and generally, I think when you're not talking about a like for epilepsy or something, you know, generally you're kind of in these lower ranges, you know, under 100 milligrams or 75 milligrams per day, right. you know, or amounts. It's lower amounts. Some people may use more, but generally when you're down there, you can, I think you can Fine see. Fine-tune yourself. You can, yeah, yeah. I think that's where you, you want to play within that range. So that's a good starting point. So yeah. people, I mean, there's a lot of, um, people are looking at a lot of different ingestibles today. Uh-huh. And so if they're starting in the 10, 5, 10, 25 milligram range, see how their body responds to that, you know, over a, few, over a series of days. Yeah. And then they can kind of turn it up or turn it yeah. down depending on what their body yeah. needs. And when you get up into the higher amounts, you know, 100, 200, 300 milligrams, that's prescription strength range. Right, right, right. And it's also a lot more expensive. Well, and I think to your point, if, if you've got a real health issue and you're, you know, one, you should see a doctor. Yeah. And two, if you're seeing a doctor, make sure you talk to them about yeah. how to use, you know, CBD or yeah. THC effectively. Um, those are things we don't, you know, we don't sell THC at, no, at anybody age. Yeah, so yeah. we just focus on the CBD part. CBD and, and topicals. Yeah. And uh, we actually have some of the, the products here today, too, which uh, we started with a product line called Enhance, which was a roll-on and a tincture and a cream that all work really well. And we're going to be, in, I think, moving into some, a, a new, some new brands and some newer products as we move along because yes. we've had some good success and we've learned some things. And now we're going to go and some, take them into segment into some newer directions. Yeah, yeah we're going we're gonna to leverage the benefit of CBD on the endocannabinoid system, combining it with Noni's effect on the endocannabinoid system. Right. You know, yeah, so let's talk about Noni a little bit because this is interesting. You know, I didn't know much about Noni before I came here. This is, this is one of our glass bottles of the, the original what we call the, the Tahitian Noni juice, yeah, right? it's the flagship product, the original. Right. That's what brought us, that's what we started with. And what do people, how much, I mean, t- tell me about Noni, and, and I know it's probably another big story, but we, some, one of the founders of this company discovered this in Tahiti, is yes. that right? Yes, And then figured out how to actually package it and bottle it and bring it back to the yeah. rest of the world? Yeah, we did, that, that happened a long time ago. The company launched in 1996, um, I started in 1997, like I said, coming out of University of Arizona. In fact, when I started, they had just begun a, a formal research department. Previous to that, it, a couple of the founders were food scientists, and they developed this. And they were basing it on folk use. In, uh, so this is in Polynesia. People yeah, in, were, had been using this yes. for a long time, right? Yeah, a long time. Like thousands, fact, as, as, far, as long as they know, more or less? Yeah, so noni is one of these plants we call canoe plants. Okay. So as, as, as they're traveling from, they're exploring new islands. You know, they'd set off into the, uh, across the ocean and look off in the horizon and think, there might be something out there. Yeah. They're going to throw a bunch of plants on those canoes that are going to keep them alive. And if they do land on an island, they want some good stuff there to help them survive. So they're going to take, you know, coconuts. Of course, they all bring those because you It's can, like the ultimate pioneering. Yeah, <laughs> complete. Yeah, very much so. You know, there's not even ground. There's no yet. supply chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So noni was one of these plants they would take with them because it was good... It, one of the benefits of it is while they're sailing and while they're going through this, they would take it to, you know, to maintain Keep their, their energy stamina, stay ener- alive, yeah. Yeah, energy, stamina, um, kind of stimulant, you know, keep them going. And then when they landed, they could plant it and they could use it as food and medicine. 
Okay. And so, in fact, as they food went, and medicine. So food as medicine. And this is a very yeah. popular topic right now, yeah. right? It's food as medicine, yeah. plants as medicine. Yes, yeah. it's very well documented that it was used as a food and for health. And um, in fact, as they went further east across the Pacific. So, you know, from these more westerly islands, and they headed out to, like, French Polynesia is pretty far east. Yeah. They would take the best varieties with them, you know. So you have noni growing, maybe, you know, um, different ones might have a little bit different shape, leaf shape. And they would notice that, hey, this this particular right. plant seems to be very effective. So when, next time we're going to go launch Let's take the good stuff. canoes and yeah. go, yeah, we're going to take the best stuff. Well, it's, it's like we were talking about with, with hemp, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it starts in a place, and then people, people are, you know, we're pretty good at actually refining things yeah, you, and, and as you travel around the world you see plant medicine that's evolved over thousands of years in some places like South America yeah. where they've they've really kind of honed in on it sounds like a lot of what we might call witch doctor stuff but when you're actually living there in the middle of it yeah. some of these people know exactly what they're doing yeah yeah and, and as far as the plants go you'd call that selective breeding you know? exactly yes you know Gregor Mendel did these kind of things with peas you right. know, and stuff and they do it with animals and cattle and so forth. But but the uh, there's a guy named Arthur Whistler, and he's an expert in uh, Polynesian herbal medicine. Oh, wow. And he was affiliated with the University of Hawaii and the Agriculture Extension Program there and all these things. And he had written a couple books, and he actually described noni as one of the most important plants prior to the European era. You know, and it was used really? so widely, yes. What was it? Like, what kind of things was it used for and for... For, for medicine? Um, it, it was broad and yeah. wide. So it'd be just, and we know, we're getting to know why that is. We're seeing some of the underlying mechanisms involved, but you know, they would use it for, um, well, they could eat it. They'd, so let me cover some food uses first. Sure. So the the fruit, very high in vitamin C right off the tree. Yeah. They, they'd eat it. They'd either make it or eat it raw or do, you know, if, and if, and if the, the more uh, sweeter fruits, you know, were out of season, they'd eat the noni fruit then too as just a, as a food staple, depending on the conditions. The leaves they would use, uh, they would cook fish in them because it gave them a nice flavor. They'd eat them as a salad too. Okay. And they're actually pretty high in uh, carotenoids. And there was one place in Kitabata, What are carotenoids? Uh, vitamin A, basically. Okay. And uh, precursors to vitamin A. And, sure. and they would use that as sources of nutrients. So you can eat the leaves? You can eat the leaves. In fact, we have a, an approval for noni leaf as a, as a new novel food in Europe. The European Union approved it as a safe food oh, as wow. well as the fruit. And we spent a lot of time demonstrating the safety of Tahitian noni fruit and, and the leaves that you can use as a food. So we're able to open up. Have you eaten the leaves? Yes, I have. Are they good? Uh, yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, I mean, they're, they kind of taste like green vegetables yeah. type things, you know. They have that flavor there. Be okay in a salad, chop it up with some kale yeah, or whatever. And there's actually okay. some in Southeast Asia, some places where they have these these sambals and these kind of dishes sure. where they put noni leaves in there. And, oh, wow. And use it as part in of In Indonesia or somewhere? Yeah, yeah in, okay. in Indonesia and Vietnam and these places down oh, there cool. where they do that. And um, But they would use these either for... Um, like topical skin problems, too. you know, there, there was a, like I said, a wide range, you know, okay. so if you want to talk specific conditions, which we're not claiming, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah but no, but, we're talking but, about bush medicine here. Yeah, and so waste, if yeah. they had a poison, poison fish sting, you know, they yeah. put the fruit on there, heat the leaf up on a rock and put it on there, bring the oils out, you know, yeah. they could do it for that, for sore joints and broken bones, you know, and all kinds of conditions, you know, different illnesses and conditions that they would use it for. And so it was really a broad range of things. Wow. Uh, that they'd use it for. Now, we've done, um, we've supported, funded, and conducted published human clinical trials with Tisha Noni juice and, and with Noni leaves. 
and we've made products topical and ingestible as well. And we've seen, like, for instance, the, um, the Noni leaf serum. We published a paper in something called the Journal of Natural Medicines where it had a, a topical effect on soothing the skin, reducing inflammation, things like that. Um, in the human clinical trials, we've, we've seen joint health benefits. You know, with uh, some osteoarthritis patients, we did that in Illinois, mm. University of Illinois. Is that because of the strong antioxidant values, or yeah. antioxidant and anti-inflammation effects on the inflama- yeah, inflammation responses? Um, and is this all because it's again tying into the endocannabinoid system and modulating these systems, these other systems? Some of that is involved. Yes, definitely okay. involved. In fact, we see that. Um, in fact, last year I published a paper on the effect of noni fruit juice on on this enzyme called MAGL. That um, MAGL is the enzyme that breaks down 2AG. Now remember, 2AG is the other endocannabinoid binds CB2 right. receptors. But that's in, so MAGL is an enzyme that breaks down the, the, the 2AG, 2AG yeah. and that goes into the. Is that going in through the CBD2 receptor? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so Noni is kind of focusing on CBD2. Is that correct? And it, it, yeah, it has some effect on CBD1, but it's focusing on CB2 also. Right. In fact. Back in 2008, that paper I talked about, we reported how Noni binds the CB2 receptor also. So not only does it help keep up the 2-AG endocannabinoid tone, right. it also has phytonutrients in it that also bind the CB2 receptor. Okay, so, so it gives it you can, that dial it, effect yeah, and modulation. So that, yeah, so that's certainly involved there. Um, antioxidant effects also come into play. So there's multiple mechanisms of action, but this endocannabinoid system one is certainly involved because you see this broad range of effects of Tishinoni juice right. on different systems of the body. And uh, there's some, some other research to show that when you, um, there's actually, uh, so for these patients that we did in this trial, the osteoarthritis patients, there's something called MMPs, matrix metalloproteinases, okay. enzymes that kind of degrade the, the uh, connective tissue okay. in the joints. Um, they found that in somebody else had done some work on mice, and they found that when they take out the the gene that makes the CB2 receptor, that when they have these arthritic type conditions or responses, that they have elevations of these MMPs that I talked about. Mm. So we know that that the endocannabinoid system is involved in osteoarthritis okay. as well. So so there's the connection there between noni. And that was maybe a little technical. Sorry to go No, too no, deep that's there. okay. So but, basically um, there's an enzyme that breaks down the connective tissue or affects the connective yes. tissue. And when you have noni involved in 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 this Yes, it can help limit that. Tampen yeah. down the, yeah. the MMP production yeah. or limit the yeah. way that it binds with the connective yeah. tissue. Yeah. Is that right? Am I saying yes. right or not? Yes, okay. basically. That's a, okay. that's a good way to say it. So I'm not a scientist. I'm no, just trying okay. to, to listen and No, and that's repeat. great. Yeah. That's okay. great. So th- those are some of the things. We did a study, interesting, with Tisha Nonu, since you asked about it. What more? I'm gonna yeah, well, in fact, there's, like, I'm looking, I've, I've been trying it, and I'll tell you that the thing that's funny about it is, you know, the first time I tried Tisha Noni juice, uh, the concentrate, you know, there, there's a, it's a strong fruit product. <laughs> that has an odor that's not, you know, it's, it's not like a sweet fruit odor. It's a stronger, more sulfury type of a, you know, you can almost say like dirty socks odor. Not in a bad, not, not that, a terrible That's a good way. description. Yeah. <laughs> that's but good but it's, not, it's not awful. It's just, it's, it's kind of like when you eat a strong cheese or, you know, I liken it to an acquired taste. The yeah. first time somebody has a, you know, coffee or a glass yeah. of wine or a beer, probably isn't your favorite thing. Yeah. But there's a benefit you get from it that has you, you know, we're, I think a lot of people want to keep coming back because they notice that their body responds yeah. to it. And I, what I've noticed with Noni is my first response was, wow, that's a pretty strong flavor. That's a pretty strong nose. 
Um, I've tried a lot of food around the world, you know, um, so, you know, I've tried some pretty stinky fruits in Southeast Asia that I've come to love. Once you, but you have to learn to break through that barrier a little bit and figure out why everybody's talking about it to see the benefit yourself. Yeah. So, continue so, on. Sorry. Well, yeah. Well, just to answer, just to comment on that first. Yeah. So one of the traditional names of noni, you know, one of the common names is yeah. is cheese fruit. Cheese. Okay. And the reason for that is it contains these uh, these medium chain fatty acids, short medium chain fatty acids okay. that are typical in cheeses. Okay. Burger, you know, Roquefort cheese. So the the noni fruit naturally produces these, and that's why it's got that strong aroma. Strong Medium chain fatty acids, yeah, which are oct- yeah. yeah, these octanoic, hexanoic acids, short chain fatty acids. These these smaller uh, fatty acids that um, are those bad for you? No, they're actually good for so you. So those are good fats. Those they're, are they're, yeah. they're okay. Yeah, they're fine. Okay. So um, so they that's where that aroma comes from. Now uh, something. It's it's very unique because it's really by itself it's low in sugar you know and yeah. it has a strong flavor and aroma. It also can has a very unique phytochemical profile, phytonutrient profile. Okay, so uh, it's a, it's a low glycemic product naturally. Yeah, and w- tell me about the tell me about the profile. So so you're using like a H, like a high performance liquid chromatography. Yeah, we use we use high performance HPLC yeah. mass spectrometry. Mass spec, yeah. You know, so we can identify these. In fact, we uh, in we actually identified two. Phytonutrients in here. They're uh, in noni fruit from French Polynesia that aren't known to exist anywhere else in the world right now. So the Tahitian noni fruit actually makes a big difference. Like it, it only, it's the only one that has, and that's why you put on the on the bottle, on the right. Yeah, Tahitian noni juice. Tahitian noni juice. And isn't there a mass spec uh, on some of them? Yeah, some of the old bottles we had a little, what we call a chromatogram. Yeah. Some people call it a footprint, some a fingerprint, but it's, it's a chemical, phytochemical, phytonutrient fingerprint. That's specific that to Tahitian noni. Yeah. And uh, so some of the interesting phytonutrients in the noni fruit are, there's a group called iridoids. Iridoids. So you don't find these in, in mangosteen or acai, you know, these other po- ones that have become popular recently. They all have something called anthocyanins in there. You know, that's one group of phyto phytonutrients. And you can get those in a lot of fruits and, and flavonoids. And noni's got, you know, flavonoids in these as well, but it has a, a unique group called iridoids. Okay. And we once took uh, noni fruit samples that we collected from around the world either collect them or had them shipped to us from different locations, you know, and throughout the tropics where noni's growing. Yeah. And the samples from French Polynesia had the highest amounts. Okay. So we... we, And those are good for you. Yeah, those are good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're good for you. They do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like what sorts of things do iridoids do? They they do, so all these antioxidant activities. So here's one. Let me tell you a story about a clinical trial and explain further about it. Um, So we, we did a trial with about 300 plus heavy smokers. These are people smoking 19 or more cigarettes a day. Wow. Enrolled them in this tr- clinical trial. This was done with the University of Illinois College of Medicine. Okay. And, um, and we drew blood from these people. And then you can, you can, with that blood, you can analyze free radical levels, but then you can also isolate, isolate the white blood cells and then measure the amount of DNA damage that's occurring in these cells. And white blood cells, if there's high counts of white blood cells, that means their body is trying to fight uh, some disease or infection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, but they're part of the immune system too. So, you know, right. if you have too much, it's bad. If you have too few, it's bad. If they're not working properly, it's bad, you know. Right. Um, you want the right amount. <laughs> yeah. But we, what we do is, is, this is a part, this is an organ, you know, if yeah. you can consider the blood an organ, you know, sure. this is something you can actually withdraw from these people without causing any damage. It's a it's a 
it's a way to measure DNA damage. As and they're a, already as a, smoking. You're not yeah. making them smoke. Yeah. yeah. They're doing it all on their own. And that, that's why we enrolled these people. We wanted something that's really harming their bodies and challenging their bodies and causing a lot of DNA damage. So get the baseline measurements of the free radical levels in the blood. The white DNA, blood cells. White blood cells. DNA damage occurring in these white blood cells. Then divide the group in half. One group gets Tishinone juice. Right. And they drink that. Another group gets a placebo. Right. The placebo had the grape and blueberry juice, and then it had a, uh, a cheese flavor added to it. It's actually, I actually formulated that placebo. I found, I found a certain company that made a cheese flavor, put it in there. <laughs> Liquid cheese. A, a Roquefort cheese flavor that yeah. I used, a certain one to mimic the noni taste. Yeah. And then we, you know, then we went to the local university here and, and, and you know, their food science plant and, and bottled it up there, you know, in smaller numbers for this clinical trial, you know, and then, then coated all the caps and everything so that we had a blind. So you basically had for, for, for people in the trials knew they were doing thought they were doing effectively the same thing. One was placebo, one was Yeah, they couldn't not. tell. They yeah. couldn't tell. So we had it was a blinded study and you know and placebo controlled. And then so they drank that for one month, either Tishinoni juice or the placebo. Then we drew blood again and we measured all these things again. What we saw is that so the grape and the blueberry by itself didn't do anything. Right. With this placebo it caused no significant change in DNA damage. The Tishinoni juice though did. Oh, it wow. was a big reduction, you know, thirty five percent decline wow. in DNA damage. And then we did different types of DNA damage too, you know, the ones that were caused through lipid per hydroperoxide. You know, it's a it's a it's an oxidative stress related DNA damage. The other type of DNA damage involved the direct action from the chemicals in cigarette smoke, more direct acting. It lowered the um, the free radical levels in the blood as well. So now just that's those are the results. We published those. You can those are in fact you can go to Medline, PubMed, okay. Medline, find copies of these papers there and download copies of them, read them. Yeah, and like these are have to do with noni and cig cigarette smoking. Yeah, or what was it? Yeah, yeah, okay. cigarette smoking. And the, now somebody says, well, maybe, maybe I'm not a smoker and this yeah. doesn't apply to me. Well, the whole point was is let's find a challenging yeah. set of circumstances to test this high stuff. stress. Yeah, high stress. Now everybody's going to breathe air in cities, right? So think of it as more like dilute cigarette smoke. A lot of those chemicals are in the air also. Sure. So what we found... Especially you're in these new emerging cities. You know, if you're in yeah. parts of China or yeah, you know, Asia, India yeah. or Southeast yeah. Asia, anywhere where they're, you know, where in the wintertime, like this time of year, yeah. people are burning coal still or they're burning wood to exactly. stay warm and you know, yeah, end up living in smog-like yeah. conditions. All these, all these polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. That okay. are, <laughs> that's what they basically in the smoke and it's basically right. in the pollution. All the same stuff kind of has the same effect on the body. Um, just different degrees, different levels. Different yeah. levels. But Noni had uh, this strong antioxidant effect we could see there, DNA protective effect. So we wanted to find out, okay, um, these iridoids that we found, since they're such predominant, since there's such high concentrations in the fruit, mm. it's, it's a major one as far as concentration goes. Now there's these other ones that are all also effective, but we've kind of zeroed in on this one just to give you an example of why this high level is important. We, we isolated it and then we did some additional studies and found that one of the ways that Noni impacts the body is that these phytonutrients, steroids, actually increase the activity of these antioxidant enzymes in the body, or phase two enzymes, these detoxifying enzymes in the body. So it dials up the antioxidant yeah, it, values. Yeah, it cranks up our own natural antioxidant protection systems in the body. So it's like a precursor? Is that... Or, or is it actually delivering more antioxidants into the system? So there are antioxidant compounds that will do the direct chemical reactions, but these ones, the main ones in there, what they do is they, you, eat, you drink the juice, 
you know, you absorb it, it circulates through the body, and then what they will do is they will interact with these antioxidant enzymes and all the all the all the um, cellular mechanisms that control their expression or their activity, you know, production of them, and actually crank up the amount of antioxidant enzymes available to to protect the body. Right. Well, have have a little more Volvic water, yeah, which well, we also sell through this uh, through our our business through through the new age side of our business. Yeah. A little imported French water here. Um, so, are there people who shouldn't be taking noni? Uh, we haven't found any. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good for pretty much anybody. Yeah, the approvals we got, like I mentioned, here, um, they're just for the general public. Yeah, that's great. And and so as we're you know, we're I'm pretty excited about what we're doing in Japan right now. We're about to launch at the end of February a um, a noni plus CBD shot. Which one I think is great because a lot of people are looking for ingestible, high-quality CBD that will help them modulate their other systems and get some benefits, hopefully, in yeah. you know mood and sleep and, and pain. Exactly. We don't make those claims, but people seem to notice those things from it. Uh, but more importantly, we're doing it with Noni together, and the complementary benefit that we've been talking about is pretty remarkable. It is. It is. Um, so they're going to get the benefit in that shot of... The noni antioxidant values, the way it helps modulate the CBD2 receptor and a little bit of the CBD1. Yeah. But that combination effect would seem to be dramatically better than just taking it CBD is. alone. It is. The, there's research showing that when you have that dual effect, it's much better than just by itself, one by itself. What, and what, what research, like where could people find that and see that if they were looking for it? This PubMed, MedLine, PubMed, you can okay. read about these things about dual inhibitors of these two enzymes, FAH. Dual inhibitors of noni and CBD use? Of, of FAH and MAGL. Okay. So the, these dual inhibitors that have these better effects. So these are people that are looking at trying to develop drugs, actually, to inf- influence the endocannabinoid system. We have natural products that do that. Right. Well, and, and I, exactly. And I think one of the things that we're working on is we, you know, we're trying to tell these stories in simpler ways. Yeah. This is a. I, I love having you tell it because it shows that there's real science. This isn't just make believe. This isn't somebody you know visiting a shaman yeah. in Peru and, and bringing it home and saying it must work because the shaman told me yeah. so. I mean, for, as Westerners, we can actually understand from the scientific method yeah. how these things work, um, as well as take the benefit of whole plants mm-hmm. and, and kind of a holistic approach to our bodies. Yeah. Um, if, if people wanted to look up some of this, so you, we could go to PubMed. Um, I think we're going to be doing some animated video mm-hmm. to help explain it and kind of so people can see it a little bit better. Um, how would people, if people wanted to start using Noni and CBD this way now, what are the ways that they could do that? I guess they could go to our, our yeah. website. They could go to... Go no, buy it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they could go to the, the um, newage.com, I guess, or they could find a, a, somebody who's representing these yeah. products and, yeah. and, 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 and share them. Independent product consultant. An independent product consultant, IPC, or IPC, yeah. as we call it here. Um, or they could also they could find CBD sources that they like, and they could combine it with, with New Age, that, or, yeah. I'm sorry, with, with Noni that we offer through yeah. our business. They they could do that as well. We we try to optimize you know the the noni part to make sure there's effective amounts in there and you know and the, and the cannabidiol content, the CBD content as well. Right. So and, but, and that's what the, the product we're selling in Japan. Yeah. But we're not selling that product in the United States or no, Europe or Canada no. or other parts of Latin America no, yet. No. It's not legal for us to do that. No. Yet. They're, they're, the, yeah. You got to wait for time for all these things to work their way through right. the system and how they do it. Right. You know is. Um, well, it's the, the thing right now it seems like you know regulations kind of chasing the market 
right? Like people are using these things yeah. and have really become, they've become popular. And now the FDA and the different regulatory bodies, Health Canada and different regulatory bodies around the world are trying to figure out how to help people use these things safely and, and, and yeah. you know, hopefully yeah. use them in a way that gives them a benefit yeah. that, that they're hoping for. Yeah, well, what we do know is that um, you know, cannabidiol is effective. Noni is effective. We've seen these in human clinical trials. And, you know, in fact, the cannabidiol is now approved as a prescription medication for certain conditions, you know. Right. And if people and, are buying cannabidiol CBD, what should they look for in what they're purchasing? You want to look for, um, well, if you're purchasing it, make sure you check for certificates of analysis. So they should have, like, a, on the label, they should have a link to the yeah. certificate of analysis linked to that batch of yeah. product, right? There, sh- there could be a QR code, you know, they can scan. Yeah. But you want to, any any good company. It's going to be transparent with that. Uh, yeah, because you got to be sure you're getting what you're paying so, for. So, like, on the back of our bottles, we have this 2D barcode, right, yeah. that you can scan, and it'll take you to the certificate of analysis yes. for this batch. Yeah, and you can, or a list of the batches, and you can look them up and then see sure. what's in there, make sure that, you know, because... You, you know, you want to make sure there's cannabidiol in there, right. you know, and if it's THC free, you want to see that there's none in there or, you know, or if it's a full spectrum, you know, whatever it be is being claimed, you want to make it match, see that it matches up. Do you prefer one, like some people are buying like just pure CBD with no THC that's like an isolate. Some people are doing full spectrum. Some people are doing broad spectrum. What do you have the, a recommendation? There's, there's different opinions on that. Um, Depending, you know, in, in the research, there's plenty of research on CBD by itself, yeah. and, and it's growing. I know people talk about something called an entourage effect. Um, there's these other phytocannab, you know, other we call phytocannabinoids, but they're 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 actually um, terpenoids okay. that that have an impact on the endocannabinoid system. Uh, for instance, you know, think about noni. You know, yeah. you could say you could use the term phytocannabinoids to describe some of the phytonutrients in there, but um, you know, there's there is an opinion on that, and but there also is, uh, is growing evidence and research that cannabidiol by itself has plenty of benefits alone. So, sure. so if you know if you're maybe maybe you're worried about you know being tested positive for THC, for, yeah, for yeah. THC at work or something, you want to go with an isolate, you know, something like that. Sure, you know, avoid those issues. So if you take an isolate CBD isolate with no THC in it, and you check the certificate of analysis, see there's no THC, then you're not going to test positive for THC. That's correct. And with a full spectrum, uh, my if, background, if the, yeah. if the if the C of A shows the detection is low enough, you're right, right. Sure, yeah. I, I, I'm a fan of full spectrum just because I I think you know it's like anything you can isolate vitamin C from you know from citrus fruit. But there's a lot of evidence that the entire fruit, the phytonutrients in that fruit, the full spectrum of the, what's in that fruit, helps your body absorb the vitamin C better than just taking, for example, ascorbic acid by itself. Yeah. Do you think that's correct? Uh, that is I correct mean, that's on, one example. on a lot of things. Yeah. But, but again, when you're talking about CBD, are you, are you wanting, you know, does a customer want a CBD product or they want a THC CBD product? Right, as well? right. So those are some things to consider. Okay. So we, we, you know, depending on the market, we offer different things. Um, Sure. Like in, in Japan, I think we have to be THC yeah. free, correct? Yeah. yeah. And there's other considerations there. You know, they're, you know, what, what does the consumer want here? So what I'm saying is that each one of these by themselves has plenty of action. So right. Whatever Fair form enough. we're putting in. And, and so just fact, find one that has the actual thing it says the yeah, certificate yeah. analysis and pick the one that's right for yeah, you and, yeah. and your use. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, this has been really fun to talk about. Um, Maybe we should just get into your background a little bit so people know that you're actually, uh, I don't have you sitting here in a white lab coat, okay. uh, which, well, is, that's okay. which is probably yeah. more comfortable for you. And, yeah, and, uh, I do wear a white lab coat when I'm in the lab, and it's actually like a, a coveralls or work, you know, that's sure. actually for keeping acids off my clothes. Keeps you clean, yeah. 
So where did you so, go to school and how did you so get to become I, I a scientist? To, I went to Brigham Young University. BYU, which is very yeah, close to American yeah, Fork, just yeah. out of Provo. Yeah. yeah, and I studied molecular biology there. And then I went to University of Arizona, okay. like I mentioned, and I studied uh, toxicology, pharmacology in the College of Pharmacy there in a graduate program. Okay. And I first learned about... So that's the science of drugs and, and yeah, toxins yeah, in the human body? Yeah. Was, Were you, this was applied to the human body particularly? Yes, right? okay. yes. And because... Uh, Toxicology, pharmacology is the same thing. It's just right. you know one ed, one side of a coin versus right. the other. You know? Benefits and and, and, and sometimes the, the drugs you know that you that have a benefit on the body, depending on the circumstances or the dose, turns right. it into a something bad. You know, so, sure. So it's the same thing. But um, I learned about noni from my uh, first about from my sister-in-law, my wife's sister. She came down to visit us in Arizona. It was warmer down there than it was up here at the time. <laughs> yeah. And she just started working with this company called Marinda. That was the name which of the company. Which is this company yeah. now. Yeah. Which we're calling uh, Noni by New, New Age, Age now. Noni yeah. by New Age, yes. And uh, she was talking about this Tahitian Noni juice. And, um, and I thought, that's interesting. And, and, and she, had, um, she had heard some of the science, early science explanations on it, but got a little mixed up, you know. She, and so I heard it, and I thought, oh, this kind of sounds a little crazy to me. Yeah. So I looked up a few things, and I thought, oh, I don't know, you know. It, yeah. You know, I wasn't totally impressed with it. and um, It was just a, it was, it was, a, it was a, your, your sister-in-law trying to, trying to tell you about a super fruit, but without a lot of scientific yeah, knowledge. Yeah, and, and, and her explanations were a little mixed up, and so it didn't come across sure. correct. Correct, and, and I thought there's no way that's possible, you know. <laughs> Not her area of expertise, let's just say. Yeah, she's great, probably lovely, but great yeah. lady, yes, <laughs> great, fantastic lady. But anyhow, that was my first experience. My wife was a little more open to it. Hey, I'll try it. We started our family down there, you know, our oldest boy was born, and my wife wanted to use it after you know, recovering from delivering the baby. Sure, and she said, hey, This, I feel, you know, this is helping. So yeah. I, I respect my wife, I respect her opinion. I thought, Okay, maybe something's there. Well, through a series of circumstances, I had an opportunity to interview for a job here. And they just started a research uh, department, and I thought, you know, I could, uh, I can give this one year. Yeah, I'll give this one year. If there's nothing to it, I'll go do, do something, something else. else. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I've been here for over 22 years now, so I found a lot of stuff. But one of the first things I did is take. They had this stack of uh, testimonials, people using the product, and they sent in through fax back in those days. Right. You know, the Thermal email fax. was kind yeah. of a new thing, but they were faxing <laughs> faxing things in and and I took the stack and I started categorizing by by different f- benefits. Different benefits, different effects. And then and then tabulated that, did the statistics on it. And then com- then started finding all this ethnobotanical literature that was published pre-marketing of noni. Eth- ethnobotanical literature. So that's that's, so that's, that's scientists, plant scientists that went out and and met different people, different cultures, different locations. So it's like an anthropologist doing science on plants, yes. kind of combining yeah. those two effects. Yeah, and I was focused on the medicinal ones, you know. Yeah. And so what did they say that Noni was good for in the Caribbean you know, or in the Pacific Islands or in Southeast Asia? And then I lined them up, and they, they matched exactly. Wow. So you see, the, the, then you start to say, well, there's something yeah. going on here. Mm-hmm. Now we need to figure out what it is. And so over 22 years... Um, how many scientists are in residence here? How much research do we do, and, and how many papers have we published? Well, um, so we've had different level, different numbers of scientists. Right now, we got about yeah. nine. Um, One hundred and seventeen papers, peer-reviewed papers, published by so us. So in peer-reviewed journals. Yeah. Or yeah. so we publish. Which means that they're, they're legitimate studies. Yeah. 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 Peer-reviewed pipe journals that yeah. other scientists get to critique your work. Right. So we've done that. And so we've done a lot of research. Yeah. 
I've, I've, over the years, in my involvement with you know excess and the drinks we've we've done and, and food science and things, you know, I've always tried to help people understand how how, how studies actually, you know, the, the foundation just from a very layman's perspective, what you need to know when you're looking at studies. Yeah. You know, having it in a peer-reviewed journal really matters. It's not just on some somebody's wacky website. Yeah. Um, it's actually peer-reviewed by other scientists, which means they're going to hammer this thing apart yes. and, 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 and or and support it. Right? And that's happened. I've yeah. had plenty of them where I've had to uh, you know, defend my positions and sure. answer questions, hard questions, and then they, you know, then they say, but well, we recommend it be published. That's out. why science works. I mean, that's, or that's the benefit of science is yes. that somebody presents an idea through observation and hopefully isolating, you know, in, in human trials, you know, double-blind yeah. placebos, things like that, isolating an idea that they think they can defend and has enough observational data to support it. Yeah. And then if you present that idea to other scientists whose job it is to hammer it, to yeah. really kind of beat the shit out of it until yeah. you figure out what the kernel of truth is that still exists out of all that. Yes. Is that, is that fair? That's fair. That's a good, that's a... <laughs> So it's, it's a, a healthy process. You want people doing yeah, that. Yeah. Because yeah, then you actually get to truth. Yeah. yeah. Or you get to some version of truth. Anyway. Yeah. At least you, the facts are being presented <laughs> yes. clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Truth is maybe too strong a statement, but you get to, you know, a, a, a version of yeah, it. Yeah. It's, nothing is hidden. Right. 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 Yeah. You're, you're all learning. To, I mean, I say that today. The benefit of being in a beverage business in 60 countries, doing a lot of flavors, is you, you're wrong all the time. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be this. Well, we find out it's something else, and and so I, you know, it's really healthy for your ego, but it also helps you realize that, you know, it's okay to be wrong. Being wrong is good. That's how you learn. You know, just don't yeah. keep being wrong yeah. about the same thing. It's good to be humble. Yeah, exactly. It's good to be humble. I have one last question. Okay. Um, we have this new shot that I absolutely love called Noni Plus Collagen. Mm -hmm. So this has Noni in it, but it also has one of the best forms of collagen you can find. It comes from Asia, is that right? Yeah, it's it's marine collagen, collagen peptides. Collagen so peptides from kind fish? Kind of hydrolyzed peptides, yeah, from fish. And, um, and it's... Uh, highly bioavailable and the reason the two to go together well is that noni we've seen in studies that noni helps the body synthesize and and, and uh, uh, deposit collagen in the skin you know okay. we've seen that in a number of and studies collagen in the skin it gives you all kinds of benefits right yes it's part of the structure of the skin the healthy structure of the skin so you know if you you know imagine taking away the scaffolding underneath you know you right. don't have anything you need to have a healthy scaffolding underneath the skin a lot of people are looking for sources of collagen and there's a wide variety of sources of collagen and a wide variety of collagens yeah. that are more available and absorbed than others yeah and ours has been looked at and studied it you know showing the availability of this marine collagen these peptides that are kind of already gone through some hydrolysis process so they're readily absorbed and, and and how much do we have? We have a pretty high dose in there. Ten too, right? grams in the Ten grams. Yeah. Are we at ten thousand milligrams or ten grams? Ten thousand milligrams or ten grams, which is one of the highest doses. It's pretty high. Money yeah. can buy. Yeah. It's not. It's not an inexpensive shot. It's like eight dollars a shot, but it's actually one that works. Yeah, it's good. And we collagen. Good collagen isn't cheap anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So it's been quite popular actually all over the world. So you're getting the modulation from the noni, plus you're getting a highly absorbable uh, collagen, collagen yeah. which helps. So the yeah. noni helps distribute it and get it to yeah. the place. Yeah, and needs most to go. people are focused on. The skin, and that's what we measured in our, you know, studies with this. But, but if if your skin, if the collagen deposition in the skin is healthy, you know the rest of the body is too. So we're often focused on the skin, but that collagen is there supporting everything. 
holding everything, helping right. hold everything into place. So you actually need it through the whole body. I mean, it's one of our biggest barriers, and it's one of our biggest organs. Is that right? Yeah. The collagen is a major component of all of these. You Making know, the, it all work. Connective tissue, yeah. Well, I might take two then. These yeah, are, you should. Also, these taste really good. Yeah, I don't know. The, the formulation on this, I mean, it tastes, I love them, a great flavor. Right. And um, these are like one of the, I can't get enough of these. I, yeah. Um, you know, it's not inexpensive to take them, but it seems to be working. I feel better after I use them, so Great. I keep doing it. Um, I'm going to chug this. Okay. And enjoy it. While you chug I it love down. it. I enjoy it. I'm going to share these with a lot of my friends. In fact, we were at the at the Roth conference. I worked with RX3, um, a venture fund with Byron Roth and Aaron Rodgers and Nate Robbie. And uh, Brent Willis, who's our CEO, had a case of these, and he was sharing them with a lot of the ladies who were at the conference. And those disappeared instantly when he started talking about the amount of collagen, the kind of collagen. And apparently there's, there's some additional benefits for women um, that I won't get into right now. It's something that uh, I don't know if we can t- even talk about. But in the, it, there are laser, laser procedures that a lot of older women are getting to mm-hmm. kind of tighten up their nether regions, and which are also collagen-rich areas of the body. Yeah. And apparently consuming this regularly seems to help a lot of those women get the same benefits without having to go through yeah. the laser well, procedures. Yeah, we haven't done any research on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll leave, I'll leave that up yeah. to you. But uh, it's, I, was, I was impressed with, I mean, everybody grabbed these shots. They absolutely love them. And uh, it's just great to see that Anoni Foundation helps deliver all of these other benefit, all these other beneficial ingredients much more effectively, and it has its own benefit on its own, yeah. not just the delivery, yeah. but, the, I mean, Brent was giving me some numbers. Compared to, like, for example, pomegranate or acai or mangosteen, what's the antioxidant value difference between noni and some of these so other popular this, ones? this is a good question. Um, for a while there, people were using um, something called ORAC scores to compare. ORAC scores, yeah, yeah. And uh, all these tests, I've, I've done all these in our lab right here. I, I can run every one of these. Yeah. I've done them hundreds of times. Yeah. And... Uh, the thing is, is that when you when you line them up, one will measure higher in one test than another one will. You know, depending on what their their uh, phytonutrient composition is, and um, and the the ORAC score act for a while there was being kind of abused by companies right. to make these comparisons. In fact, it was developed through the United States Department of Agriculture. A couple of people involved in that research, and they had a list of ORAC scores. And the USDA came out and said. Actually, you can't make those comparisons with that ORAC test because they don't account for absorption and digestion and you know right. real-life conditions. Which is really what a consumer's thinking about. Like, yeah. what's actually getting into my body, yeah. right? Yeah. So, Noni, uh, so, so depending on which test you use, Noni would either be favorable or not favorable because they're chemical-to-chemical, chemical, you know, in vitro, te- petri dish-type test. Um, with Tishinoni juice, though, the, the way to really analyze it is to give it to people like we did in our clinical trial with smokers. See the human response. Yes. And so in that case, Noni's really strong. You know, when you gave it to these smokers, while well, they're still smoking, and you see a, right. you see a decrease in the DNA damage occurring, a decrease in free radical levels. So we could literally all start smoking. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> no, 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 Remember, no, no, remember no, it wasn't 100%. I'm joking. Well, yeah, joking. It wasn't 100% protection. Yeah. Yeah, but, Don't start smoking. Yeah, yeah, that was a joke. But, but <laughs> so, and, and this is important. So th- these uh, little diversional history here again, back in Europe, the European Food Safety Authority that went through and did the approvals, safety approvals of our Tisha Noni juice, of our Noni fruit, Noni leaf, they were also tasked with making, uh, reviewing health claims, and they developed panels on nutritional health claims and supplement health claims. And a lot of people submitted information on antioxidant benefits, 
and uh, they use stuff like the ORAC test as evidence. And and the expert panels, those who know the body, how it works, and the, all the the physiology, pharmacology, and so forth, and they said, actually, those don't tell you anything. What we need to see is an effect, an actual benefit on a part of the body, such as reduction of DNA damage from oxidative stress. Oh, wow. Which is exactly what you did. Which done. is exactly what we did. And so um, so now when you ask, how do they compare? Well, you got they got to do the studies we've done. Has, has anyone Which done, they haven't done. I was going to ask, has anyone, has Palmer, you know, has Palmer, have any of these companies done studies with like they've, they've smoke, done, heavy they've smokers? They've done some sm- studies. I don't think they've done like what we've done. Right. You know, we've just had these real heavy smokers, a lot of them, you know, checking this. I mean, that should become the new standard. Yeah, it should be. But uh, yeah. so we kind of sit on top of this mountain by ourselves you know, yeah. with, this, with this antioxidant benefit. And again, if you took these aridoids, you, 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 they become active when you eat them. Okay. You know, and you metabolize Through them. Through digestion and yeah. metabolism. So that, that's, that's got to be part of the, the testing, you know. And so if you, if you just did these other tests and compared, you know, you might really give tell you, you very it much, might yeah. give you some potential, but it won't tell you the whole story. Well, it all comes down to absorption. And I think, you know, because that's what yeah. we actually use in our bodies. Yeah. And the fact that these absorb absorb differently and better and actually under states of stress, high stress, I mean 19 cigarettes a day, which you know, yeah. you could apply to pollution, you could yeah. apply to other sorts of stress you put your body yeah. into. That's that's very, very significant. Yeah. So well, I'd say it's the king. Yeah, it is the king. It's yeah, the, so. it's, it is the king of antioxidant benefits. Well, this has been really fun. I appreciate your time today, Brett. I know you have a lot of... Uh, more important things to do than do podcasts with me, but uh, but I appreciate I you sharing that, yeah. this story, and I, I spe- especially want to get this out because we have this big launch coming in Japan. Mm-hmm. We want to use some of this content translated, of course, for yeah. the Japanese market, uh, but also I wanted to share with my listeners, um, you know, some some of the cool things we've discovered here in Utah uh, via French Polynesia that we're sharing with the rest of the world. Happy to do it. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. So this has been the Kick Aspirational Podcast. This is not a spectator sport. Uh, We would love to have your questions, your comments, your concerns, your feedback. And uh, you can reach me on Instagram. Just DM me, David58, D-A-V-E-E-D-5-8. And uh, let's get after it. Whatever you do this week, please be kick-aspirational.